Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone in the Intuitive Warrior Club. I'm joined today by uh, a group of amazing individuals. These are high-integrity uh, guys that I've done shows with in the past. Uh, I got Sean Taylor, Scott Bennett, Derek Johnson, Patrick Berge, and Alpha Luna. So we're going to talk about 9-11. Uh, I'm going to kick it off. We're going to talk about how uh, what, we, what we saw on that day, our impressions, uh, and talk for about, you know, about five minutes each. And then we'll go around, uh, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about what we what we saw o- over time, and how that relates to uh, what's going on right now in the world, and how we need to really pay attention to different things. So, so a little background on myself: I had uh, I was in the uh, was in the military uh, SEAL teams for 24 years. I was at SEAL Team Six, uh, basically Tier One. I saw combat there. Uh, lots of great stuff in the SEAL teams. And I went on to the CIA. I was uh, hunting down terrorists uh, for a very long time uh, for pretty much those 11 years. You know, Osama bin Laden, a lot of terrorists you guys haven't heard about. Uh, I, I, I helped track them down. It was a lot of, lot of good stuff. I did a lot of good stuff. So on that day, 9-11, I was actually in the military, I think around 22 years at the time. I was at the Naval Academy. And just before uh, just before nine 11, I had told, cause I have this ability, intuitive ability and stuff like that. And, uh, row viewing, uh, I, I told the three-star admiral that was in charge of all of the, you know, that area that I saw that, you know, needed to beef up security. Cause I felt there was probably going to be a, some kind of, uh, an attack, uh, and that stunned everybody because here's this, you know, senior enlisted guy that's seal. Everybody looks up, looked up to me and they're like, Whoa, that's, that's just out of, out of the ordinary. So on the day of nine 11, I was home. I was, uh, basically babysitting my daughter, uh, the, the Naval Academy hadn't, uh, it was like one of those days off. So I was, uh, I was hanging out at, at my house and, uh, I get a call that, Hey, you need to look at, you need to get on, get on the uh, news. Cause, uh, looks like a plane has cl- crashed into, uh, one of the towers. So I, uh, you know, got on the news and I'm, I'm watching it and I'm talking to a friend at the time and I'm like, wow, that is really crazy. Uh, so I'm like, you know, I'm starting to think, you know, is, is this a terrorist attack that's going on right now? Uh, and then another one hit the other tower and I'm like, absolutely. This, this is a terrorist attack. And then over time, you know, that, that tower collapsed in on itself. And I was, and at that moment, cause I'm a demolition expert, uh, at that moment, I'm like, somebody got inside and, and set explosives. And we'll go into a little bit about the, you know, all of us will talk about, you know, uh, what we've seen over time. And then when the other one collapsed, I'm like, this is how did, how did terrorists get in there and do that? And then I saw, you know, the Pentagon got hit and I was like, where's the plane? There's no plane. There's no impact anywhere. Uh, and then I saw the, the one in, uh, Pennsylvania that crashed. I'm like, that doesn't look like a crash site. I've seen crash sites physically seen crash sites that is not a crash site so all of these different things you know started to resonate with me that there was a problem uh and over time as i started to look at it as we're going to go into i saw that 
this is probably an inside job, <laughs> right? And that was very concerning because I, like a lot of people, were like, oh, "Ooh, yeah, let's go, let's go kick some ass," you know. Uh, and then over time, after being in the CIA for a while, I started to see a lot of the, a lot of the stuff uh, that would lead me to believe that there was an inside job. And I got more and more information. I think because of that research, uh, it helped me to uh, see the things that are happening right now. All right, so I'm gonna pass it over uh, to you, Alpha. Give it, give it like five minutes and, and tell us uh, a little bit of your background and then uh, your what happened on that day. Absolutely. Good morning, gentlemen. And it's nice to be in the, the presence of great people. Um, so on that day, I was a young baby civilian and I was actually working construction in a retirement complex with my father and my uncle. And we're doing remodeling. So people were still living in the in the apartment complex. And I was working on some electrical work and there was this elderly couple that was sitting out on their patio because I was in California. So it was really early for us out here. And as they're drinking their coffee and, and watching TV, um, I heard, you know, everybody, their reaction. So I started looking at the TV and that's when I got to, to witness, you know, these, the second plane hit, you know, and at first it was kind of like, what the heck's going on? You know, um, you know, is this an accident? Is this planned? Like there's a lot of confusion. Didn't, I didn't have any military experience or law enforcement experience. I was just some green civilian to saying, you know, how the heck is this going to happen with two planes? It just didn't make sense. And then we heard about, you know, other planes, um, one that crashed, uh, the other one that hit the Pentagon. And, and I remember just thinking like, they, they, they finally attacked us again, you know, since Pearl Harbor right here in our States, you know, like they, they've hit us in the gut. And, and then on top of that, you know, we're seeing the video clippings of, of people jumping from the buildings and I remember thinking as a, as a young guy, you know, how much pain do you have to be in to be like, you know, I'm, I'd rather plummet to my death than to feel the heat against me. And, and America just, it broke my heart. Now, especially to know that, you know, people are watching and I mean, you can't tell, you know, who it is. You just know it's somebody. And if you got family there, I'm, I'm just thinking about the pain, you know, that we felt. And for me, it was, uh, there was a lot of anger in my heart. You know, like, like, how dare you come to our country to do this? And it was in that moment that I said, I'm going to, we're going to be, I know our country, we're going to get in a fight and I want to be a part of that fight. So the following day, I ended up going to the recruiting office down here in, in California, but it was closed. Um, so it was the, I think the second or the third day I was finally able to make contact with the recruiter and ended up joining the Marine Corps. Um, went through all the stuff, you know, you don't just get to join and then two, you know, two days later, you know, you're on a bus going out there, you know, there's a process and, and you got to wait, and, you know, the anticipation, because by this time, you know, we're learning that, you know, Osama bin Laden and we're learning about the terrorists. As every day passed, you're just learning more information that's just getting you more and more pissed off. So when I finally, uh, you know, took my military entrance exam, they're like, hey, we want to push you into JAG. And I was like, no. No, I want boots. I want a gun. And I want to go hunt down these, these guys. That's, that's what I want to do. Don't put me in a freaking office. And so sure enough, uh, I ended up joining. And then in 2000, 2003, uh, February Valentine's day, we landed in Kuwait and then, uh, March 18th, 19th, we crossed the LOD going to Iraq and, you know, just got to be a part of it, you know? I, I didn't realize a lot of the stuff we'll talk about later to much, much later in life. You know, for me, it was just, they came after our country. 
I love my country and I'm going to go be a part of the fight. And something that was pretty unique, um, you know, that the drill instructors, well, were, you know, to rewind a little bit to boot camp, was the majority of the people that had joined in there were all people that joined because of 9 11. So the motivation, the dedication, the passion that existed in the, the class that I got to be a part of, um, yeah, I don't think I'll ever experience something like that. I mean, everybody was there because they punched our country and we wanted to get in a fight, you know, but yeah, that, that, that was pretty much it for me, Mike. Yeah, that's, 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 that's outstanding. Thanks for sharing that. So Alpha, you know, when I was in Iraq, I'll just throw this in real quick. Uh, and Afghanistan, I always loved it when the Marines came in cause they kicked butt and they didn't mess around and everything got under control. <laughs> so thanks. Thanks for your service. Sean, let's, uh, give us your insights on that day and you know, what transpired. Um, well, um, uh, as a young rookie police officer, I only had, uh, maybe three years in and, uh, working a night shift and I'd come in, basically got all my gear off, took my shower and went to lay down. And, uh, just was real restless that morning. And to the point that I, I just, I couldn't sleep and, you know, it's not uncommon after, you know, coming in from a night, uh, you know, being on duty and answering calls. And I turned on the TV and by that time, the first plane had already struck. So it was all over the news. Um, and I was sitting there watching it and then the second explosion happened on the second tower and i have to tell you it felt like somebody had kicked me in the gut it was just like how in the hell could they allow this to happen how is this happening how did we not learn from pearl harbor there's there's always information that's coming in and somebody has dropped the ball big time and allowed our people to die and they've hit us literally, you know, let's face it, New York is, 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 is the heart uh, of this country. It's where a lot of this country was started and big businesses and, and all of that. And, you know, so that's one of the reasons, you know, of course, it was a, a main target. And <clears throat> I sat there and watched all of that unfold and um, saw the stuff with the, uh, the Pentagon and saw the uh, stuff out there in the field, the one plane. And, uh, of course, they went and cut to, to Bush and all of that. And as information started coming in, it's just something just was very uneasy. You know, we didn't know if we were going to have second attacks and stuff like that. Uh, in law enforcement, they really started beefing things up. And... Um, wanting to put people through different trainings and things like that. So, you know, I'm attending these trainings and of course you're hearing other people's perspectives from other parts of the country, uh, what happened. And, um, I remember as a night shift officer, uh, when you're night shift, you're, you're a completely different creature. <laughs> I mean, you operate differently. Uh, you see things differently. You see things people don't, other people don't see. And, one of the things that I saw in common with a lot of the other night shift officers that I'd met from around the country going to trainings was we listened to a show that Art Bell had on called Coast to Coast. It was on AM radio. And we we all recalled him having shows on about people prior to 9-11 happening being 
very uneasy, very restless, that they knew something was coming. They, they felt it. It, it. People knew it was coming. We just didn't know what it was going to look like. Um, and basically, that kind of shaped how my law enforcement career went because uh, once you started getting into that, we had the anthrax scares and things like that. So we had to go through different trainings and things like that that happened. And uh, that led me into like the methamphetamine uh, labs and taking them apart and the bomb labs and just, and, and, uh, you know, dismantling them. And um, <clears throat> it really changed law enforcement as a whole. And, um, you know, I spent 25 years in it. And the more information that came out about 9-11 and the more things that I learned about my local government, my state government and my federal government, the more upset I became because I actually saw that they could be and are the actors. You know, I asked myself the first day, how could they let this happen? Well, they were part of it. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Incredible uh, insights. Uh, you just shared we're all like nodding our heads. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If, if we could just get this message to uh, more people, you know, that'd be, that'd be amazing. That's, that's a good point. You know, the law enforcement definitely uh, had to up their game, you know, uh, and great insights, uh, what you guys went through and, and probably because of that, you started to look a little deeper and that's, that's what we'll talk about in the next round. All right, Derek, you're, you're definitely a sensation right now. Thanks for joining the truth community. You know, we've been out here for a little while. It's always good to have new fresh blood come in. Uh, tell us, uh, your insights, uh, on nine 11. Yeah. Well, first off, it's an honor to be here with all of you. And, uh, it is uh, new for me, but you know, um, someone asked me, why did I just come out with what I know? And I'm like, I'm just now getting a platform. So I've, I've been knowing a little while and I've been learning from a lot of you that I've seen, um, throughout the last few years of me researching what I've been researching, but yeah, I'm probably gonna make everybody feel old right now, but, um, I was, a uh, I was a, a strapping 18 years old, uh, brand new, uh, when, when 9-11 happened. And, um, you know, I was your typical Southern kid that grew up in a family that was a Christian family, uh, deep Bible belt. Um, I'd say naive in a, in a good way. Um, just because I had such a great family. My dad was a veteran. My, my uncle was a veteran, my grandpa, my great grandpa. Um, and I had, you know, my dad had, he had talked to me about military and I was starting to get letters at that time period, but I, you know, it was, my dad was really, uh, pushed me to go to college and, uh, wanted me to, to do great things cause he had set me up for success. And I had started college, um, a junior college right up the road from uh, where I live. We lived on a 5,000 acre ranch, uh, cattle ranch. And, um, so I already had chores and I was getting up early and things of that nature that you do on a farm. And, and I got to sleep in that morning cause I had class that, that, that particular day I had class about, I think it was around 10 or 10 30, 11, somewhere in there. Um, and I got to sleep in that morning. Um, and I was going to do the chores later that evening. <clears throat> and so I remember my dad running in, my dad was already older than me, like by significant, he was 41 when he had me. So the time I'm 18, um, he's pretty, pretty up there. So it's like, he, he came in running in real loud voice, wake up, wake up. We're under attack. We're under attack. You know, I'm like, come in here, look at the TV. So I run in to the den and 
that's when the second plane, I, I got in between the first and the second. Um, and so um, we're watching that. And of course, you know, we have a house full of guns. We're down in the South and we've, you know, the Southern, Southern world is always like, you know, oh, we got our guns. We'll, we'll kick your butt, you know, whatever. Come on over here. Well, I'm like, well, it's here. You know, my dad's like, it's here. It's here. So let's stay calm. Let's call everybody we know. And that's kind of what he was doing. And he was like, look, you keep your head on a swivel, go to class and see what's going on. Just in case, you know, you're real close. Uh, you, you know, where the, he used to talk kind of like that, you know, where your rally point is, if something happens, you know, all the back roads to get here, if something happens and I raised you right, you know, I trained you to be a country boy. And so just, if something happens, you know, put those skills to use, um, you know, it's hard to, you know, when you're 18, you're trying to comprehend all this. It's like, man, is this just terminology or is this real life? Um, and so I went to class. And then when we came back, you know, it was kind of like uh, we went down to my grandparents because uh, my grandpa was still alive at the time. And he was a, a World War II veteran. And he was a welder for 40, 48 years, a uh, skilled welder on a lot of the ships down in Mobile at the, at the bay. And from the very beginning, the very beginning, he was like, Mm-mm, that ain't how it works. It just ain't how it works. He was like, a plane don't hit 90 stories high in the metal down below. It ain't, that ain't how it works. That metal would not just fall just like that. He was like, I ain't buying any of this. Uh, there's something going on. I don't know what it is right now, but he was like, you ain't selling me on this. There's something, something ain't right about this. Um, and so I was, I was very close to my grandpa. I mean, anybody had a good grandpa knows that you just that you think they hang the moon. So I was already sitting with him going, well, why do you, why would you think it was rigged? And he was like, son, I've been working with metal and steel for 48 years. It just don't work like that. Uh, that those planes are not going to go down just straight like that. Uh, I mean, the buildings are not going to go demolition style. Boom, 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 boom. He said, it ain't, it's just not going to happen like that. He's like, now, if anything would have happened, where they hit would have collapsed, maybe, but not all the way down. Um, so, you know, I, I was I was around that, and my dad, and, of course, my dad never, he's not a big talker, and he's, he's kind of the kind when anything happens, he just sits back, and he'll let everything kind of surface a little bit, and then he'll gather what he gathers, and then he'll process it. Uh, so I was around two different types of, environments to to kind of sit back and wait uh and as you know they started telling you oh weapons of mass destruction and of course what did it for me the most was watching a president get told in his ear uh how calm he was um you know at the school that day and i kind of thought that's a great setup to be at a school uh where you were kids you're playing on everybody's emotions oh he's there with kids and it was like the ultimate play on emotions setup for Americans out there to go, Oh my God. And distractions versus going, Hmm, that's pretty, that's pretty clever. He's sitting at a school, reading a book to kids. He gets whispered in his ear by a secret service guy. Say, Hey, we got an issue. And he just sits there calm, just kind of looking, staring. Like he had that stare to me. Now that I know what I know, he had that stare of, okay, it's go time. There's no turning back now. Yeah, no doubt. So that, I, I love that, you know, that fresh Southern, you know, look, cause I grew up in the South too. <clears throat> I had, a, had one of my buddies, uh, basically after I'd been in the military and then in CIA for uh, many years, they did a, 
another one of those ma- massive top secret background checks. Uh, and they approached him and they were asking him, asking him about me. And he's like, don't you guys know by now he's been working for you for almost 30 years. Come on. <laughs> like, I love that. All right, Scott, what, tell us about your, uh, your experiences. Well, gentlemen, it's an honor to be with you and, uh, may God get all the glory in our conversation of truth and Mike, I loved how you opened it. I loved how everyone's commented so far. Because it shows a love of faith, a love of country and patriotism, but uh, more importantly, I think a love of truth and assembling what we've discovered in 22 years. And, uh, you know, my, my personal background at the time, I had just finished my master's. I was, st- I was just starting my PhD at Catholic University in political theory. So I was uh, in the civilian world. I was sleeping at the time, and my, my mother from California called very Scottish. Are you watching the television? America's under attack. <laughs> what? Get up. When I, I go downstairs and I was living with a couple of Russians at the time. They were astrophysicists. And they said, oh, God, we're so sorry, man. Look what they're doing. So these two Russian guys said, what the hell are you talking about? I look and I see the towers, you know, burning. And I'm like, huh. Well, okay. And so I didn't question it at the time because we had all been you know, built uh, over 20, 30 years to trust the government for the most part, to love the country and the government. I mean, you, you, you thought the government was a reflection of your best character. Wrong. We found that out much later. But my father had been a Marine Corps aviator in Vietnam. He flew F-8s, the last gunfighter, uh, 68, 67, uncles and all the rest of it in the military. But I immediately went down the next day after watching this whole thing. And I, I never questioned the technicalities and, and the, the science and stuff like that. I just, it was a brilliant psyop. It played upon our instincts. It, it played upon our vulnerabilities. It orchestrated pomp and circumstance and pageantry and bullying and multidimensional tactical pressures and all sorts of things to psychologically influence people. And I went down to the military right after. I wanted to go uh, into psychological warfare. And I went down to uh, Marine Corps. They didn't have it. The Navy, uh, they didn't really have it. They had Office of Naval Intelligence. And it was the Army. And uh, I, was, uh, I was a little torn because I, thought I, you know, I just started my PhD. I, and I thought I, I want to finish and be maximum uh, beneficiary I can. So I stuck to my PhD with the intent of, uh, going into the military afterwards. And I, I did. I, I uh, went in with a direct commission after I had, I had been working with some of the three-letter agencies and four-letter agencies and British agencies uh, in Intel and PSYOP. I had done uh, some papers for, <laughs> for some of your folks, Mike. They may have read one on psychological warfare using Islamic uh, religious uh, dimensions. And damn, I hope they didn't use it for orchestrating this operation. But I, I had been in influence operations a lot of ways in advertising in California and stuff. So this this whole thing was a strange kind of yin and yang uh, for me. Everything I had done and studied, I had studied under Francis Fukuyama. He was a mentor of mine. He wrote The End of History. Doug Zakheim, of course, was later a boss of mine at, at uh, uh, Booz Allen Hamilton. And uh, he was also the comptroller at the time when the Pentagon got hit. So all these weird synchronistic things in my personal journey were, were always present. And um, I, I uh, mm-hmm. went into the military afterward, went into the army, I went through all the training at Benning and Jackson and, and other colorful places and uh, didn't discover until much, much later 
that the, the thing was orchestrated. It was fraudulent. It was artificially generated. I mean, you go into the company of very good scientists and researchers and you just assemble the truth and the, and the, the scientific analysis and the pieces and the facts. And you see things like, okay, if a building falls, you know, free fall, everything between the top and the bottom had to be wiped out. How did that happen? It wasn't done by a plane, especially buildings that are reinforced to withstand plane structures. And uh, I'd met Jim Fetzer and Barbara Honiger and Kevin Barrett and all these fascinating people uh, that, that, that provided a lot of the vacuum space on the, on the scientific analysis. And, you know, my, my position now coming out uh, scientifically was, yes, 9-11 was, was obviously a commercially, theatrically dramatized false flag military juggernaut justification to go forth and do seven countries in five years. The people behind that, when I put all the pieces together, of course, inspired a raging storm of fury against uh, in me because I, I thought you've, you've weaponized all the best instincts and character traits that my family have, have brought me up to regard as pure and noble and heroic and good the 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 riding to the sound of the guns to go into the fight to to go in and kill the enemy we're we've all been about that and these bastards have weaponized that against us in this tremendous false flag but how many how many military members have died have been traumatized and lost their legs and arms and that's a that's that's a fury we always have to maintain sort of a, a composure over lest we become david banner transforming into the hulk very easy to get triggered <laughs> on rage given all the stuff that we know now right but, uh, I, I i saw a lot of this stuff uh what about the science that i came to in the last 22 years the impossibility of of uh, these towers being down by planes uh, i drove by the pentagon the next day there was no plane there was no scarring on the grass there was no shrapnel there's a big blue tarp covering the hole but i drove by the pentagon personally and it, I didn't question at the time. That's the other thing. The PSYOP was so good. You didn't question. But uh, there were nuclear uh, weapons inside the core of the building, I believe, uh, as well as probably other things. I don't believe planes hit it. I think Jim Fetzer and others have done a very good job mm -hmm. analyzing, of course, the lack of plane evidence. Was there hologram technology? You know that other technology. The burning out of the aluminum uh, heads of the cars that were located in the parking lot adjacent to the building. That's another significant factor. Um, I mean, Mike Karras of Veterans Today had said that a Dolphin-class submarine had been fired at the Pentagon. Interesting how Barbara Honiger and others have had uh, the behind-the-smoke curtain that, that lays out very well, I think, the physical structure of the Pentagon and <laughs> what happened there and the auditors and things like that. Right. Um, and, and then building. We're, we're going to get back to you, Scott. You got some incredible points. We'll try to try to keep this uh, going a little bit. Your, well, your insights are unbelievable. Right. Thanks a lot. All right, Patrick, what your, your, your insights on, uh, nine 11. Well, let's just talk about your background in, uh, nine 11. What, what happened for you? Uh, Hey, good morning, Mike. And, uh, thank you very much for having me on. It's nice. Started with uh, brawn and went down to brains. I see that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! I went way too close to him to make jokes like that. <laughs> but uh, it's always good. I always like to have a little bit of humor on such a such a on such transforma transformative day as this. I think it impacted everybody's life. I hear these stories and I'm just like, you know, um, 
it changed our world when this happened. Um, I was, uh, uh, I was, um, I had just been married like two years earlier with my first wife. We won't go into the other, that only got five minutes, but, uh, uh, my daughter, uh, had, my daughter was born, uh, October 30th of 2000. And we had gone like on an, for our first anniversary, I'd taken my wife to Disney world. And while I was there, I was like, Hey, let's make, uh, let's make reservations at the, at the castle. Uh, and, uh, we'll come back next year on September 19th, which was our anniversary. And, uh, so I, cause it takes like a year in advance to get reservations at the damn castle. Right. Cause there's like a million people there a day. And so, uh, you know, that next year came around and I'm all like psyched up for this. My first daughter was, uh, my, my firstborn daughter, Mia, she was just about a year. Uh, so that happened. And then within a couple of days, I was working at a place called Thompson's computer warehouse. I was doing it and, uh, uh, support. Um, and, uh, uh, I mean, remember it vividly. So, uh, and, and by the way, uh, like right after that happened, like within a few days and I can't, there's no way I can verify this, but a guy can I met with a, uh, I met with a, 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 a a CID investigator a few years back uh, for a completely unrelated thing. And when the guy walked up to me, he's, he, uh, he shook my hand and said, uh, it was a pleasure to meet me. Uh, and he wanted to thank me. And I thought he was talking about like uh, the book that I put out my enlistment at, at, at 39 turn 40 at base training. Uh, but uh, he had mentioned uh, that it wasn't that he had mentioned um, uh, uh, something from like around, you know, 2001, what I did within a couple of days of that happening, I was working for a wholesale, uh, company that was wholesale to the public computer parts. And I thought to myself, um, wow, you know, the, these guys might be living in a cave, but they got computers. I wonder if they, you know, they're going to be buying parts. Things are going to break. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I just, I just took the list of the 19 names that they had put out. And I saw that one of the names on there uh, matched exactly to a customer that we had had. Uh, um, and so I was and the address was like right across the street from one of the airports they had taken off. So I sent the information to the FBI because they had, you know, if you have any information, it seemed stupid at the time. Uh, but it also had like tracking information and signatures from that. And I, I have to wonder to this day, there's got to be a way I could FOIA this or something. If maybe that might have been what he was thanking me for. And I have no idea. But uh, 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 beyond that, you know, we went to uh, everybody was like, oh, the, the Disney World's the biggest target. Right. And um, don't go there. And uh, uh, there were all the all these threats of uh, anthrax and everything. But I'm like, hell no, I'm going to Disney World because. If I don't, the terrorists are going to win, right? So we show up and uh, there was literally, normally there's a million people there a day. God is my witness. There couldn't have been 100 or 200 people in line, right? So it was the greatest day I've ever had uh, uh, at Disney World. I was like next in line on everything. And then we went to, uh, we went to uh, the castle. There was literally six other people in the whole place. We had the whole place to ourselves few years that you know so so the terrorists didn't win that day but fast forward uh to 2005 um i just kind of saw that we were in the middle of two wars 
everybody was, uh, nobody was stepping up. You know, our enlistment was at 20% of where it was supposed to be. I'm 39 years old and I'm like, so I went to my wife and I'm like, would you mind if I went down and see if I could enlist? Uh, I was making good money. I had, you know, as a network administrator, but I just wanted to do something. And so they turned me away. When I first went there, they told me I was too old. The The limit for even the reserves, Army Reserves, was 35 at the time. Then they texted me back uh, about two months later and said, hey, we've just basically lowered our standards. Uh, and, we ra- <laughs> and we raised the uh, minimum age up to 39. And I was just a couple months from turning 40. So they said, if you still wanted to go, you got to go like right now. Uh, because I was uh, to be able to get to the next uh, uh, class of basic training. So a week later, uh, I'd gone through MEPS, and the next thing you know, I'm you know saying bye to my kids, which was tough. Uh, you know, my two daughters at the time, uh, and um, uh, had actually twin sons on the way now at that point, hmm. and um, or shortly after that. But it was uh, uh, you know it was. Uh, it was just an amazing experience. And then after that, I went into contracting, but, um, uh, uh, right. Same place. Perfect. Perfect. We're getting Sorry about the time guys. I know all of us want to like jump in and and keep talking. Uh, so now we're going to get into the phase where we're going to talk about, you know, our experiences. Some of you guys already started to share a little bit of that. And that's awesome. Uh, so my experiences over the next several years, uh, you know, like I said in the beginning, I'm a demolition expert, and I looked at the towers, and I'm like, that was controlled demolition. Boom. Period. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And like uh, Scott was talking about, I also went by the Pentagon. I got, so I got to see this. This is that that sounds impossible. I know where that is. Uh, and same thing. I didn't see any skid marks on the ground. Like some CIA if guy came out and talked about. That's what I think that guy. A lot of people that were saying they saw stuff. Hmm. It looked like CIA guys to me because I've been around the CIA for a long time and I know what they looked like. So, um, so I, I know there was like this, this constant, um, you know, hammering of everybody about what the, what was, what happened, you know, that the beans basically melted and they just pancaked down. Boom, 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 boom. All right. So if you start to do the research and this is what I was doing over time, like I talked about, you're going to see that firefighters mass dozens and dozens and dozens of firefighters that were on the scene talked about explosions not not pancaking they'll they'll say pancaking but they heard and saw explosions the and and all of them almost to the almost all firefighters there never imagined this would happen because they fought in fires in these buildings for dozens of years and nothing like this had ever happened so i looked at that and then I looked at airline pilots. I said, there's no way that those planes could make those maneuvers. And then I looked at, I mean, just on and on and on. I looked at, uh, uh, there's like architects, architects, thousands and thousands of architects. And there's actually architects and engineers for truth. Uh, they have an excellent website. I highly recommend you go, go to do research there because they have a lot of the stuff I'm talking about there. Um, and they all say, no way. Now, I, I know there are some architects out there that maybe don't have the experience or maybe are part of the system, and they're going to say otherwise, all right? So I know a lot of, a lot of people say over time, it's like, well, I can't believe my government, they're, they're screwed up, they can't even get Social Security right. 
uh, how, how are they, how are they involved in this? I'm like, they're not, uh, there's like another system of in, incredibly, uh, well-skilled, well-funded, uh, group, as I see when I was in the CIA that come in and do this stuff. I saw, I saw operation Mockingbird, uh, being, uh, done to people overseas. I saw it. So CIA guys doing it. So, uh, all this, all this information over time, you know, led me to believe that, Hey, we need to pay attention to nine 11, but a lot of people are like, uh, nine 11. Yeah. They got away with it. You know, uh, they, they put us in wars and stuff like that. No, the last three years that were extreme lockdown, that were extreme, extreme, that came in, they extreme controlled us was a result of us not paying attention to nine 11 and it's going to continue to get worse. So that's why we have to look at 9-11 and get more informed. All right, Alpha. Yeah, so a lot of interesting things that took place. So, you know, when I finally found myself in Iraq in 2003, you know, we're there, you know, we wanted to go there and just crush throats. And, and, and just like, you know, you guys have said, at the time, nothing was clicking with me because, you know, at the time, 20 years of being told what to think and trust the government. And then they did, they played on our emotions. And when Patrick was talking about that moment, you know, leaving his family, hindsight, that's where a lot of my anger came from. Because I remember the night before we flew out, looking at my little girl sleep on the bed, thinking I, this may be the last image I have of my family, you know, and, and that stayed with me for till today. And when I look back on it, you know, we were out in theater and we're rolling around in LAVs and we have speakers on them. And, you know, it's, it's speaking their language, you know, it's, it's in Arabic out there and all we understand, it's just, it, it was saying things to pick a fight. And at the time we're like, yeah, heck yeah, let's pick a fight. But now when I look back, I was like, why were we trying to pick a fight? You know, why were we trying to instigate something? You know, where, was there not enough combat going on that we had to create the scenarios? Because I don't remember the exact stuff, but I remember it being very derogatory and so for this, this all came crashing for me, you know, in 2019, what all led to this for 9-11 for me was Jeffrey Epstein. When I saw everybody saying Epstein didn't kill himself, I'm like, who the hell is Epstein? And it's been a snowball since then. And, you know, in law enforcement, I worked undercover, I did gangs, I did you know, homicide investigation. So I applied everything I knew from that to everything that I endured in my life. And I started, and I came across this guy who was, he did welding and he was talking about the different grades of steel. And he starts explaining that the steel that the towers are made out of, they would have to have been on fire for days to reach the, the heat threshold for them to, you know, to, to buckle. And he goes, that's not going to happen. Like those, the way those buildings were designed, you know, they were going to withstand these things. So then I was like, hmm. And then all of a sudden, how did we find all that debris, everything, but we find everybody's passports to the terrace. And I was just like, listen. You know, no one gives raps an investigation like that. So then things started, uh, to, you know, to pile on little by little. And then you realize, you know, who proved these guys to begin with? And you find out it's John Brennan. And then everything just kind of started to stack on top of each other. And then that's when I realized I started to have a lot of anger to be like, you know what? I have buddies that, you know, they'll never be the same. Buddies who have committed suicide, people that died out there. You know, everybody that went to, we all were willing to sacrifice our lives and our families and everything because it was to protect our country. And now we're finding out it's what, it's central banking Saddam didn't want to probably be a part of. Now we find out it's the Patriot Act that they wanted to start off because they had this freaking, you know, 
agenda 2020 plan from who knows when you start to realize they used our emotion and patriotism against us to set us up to destroy ourselves and you know it's, it's just everything it's like that thread you pull on the sweater and before you know all you got left is a tank top and that's kind of where i feel like i'm at right now with 9-11 wow that's that's so powerful and that's that's why i love having all you guys here each one of you has an incredible story so sean what's uh what what are your insights uh post 9-11 hello this is michael jaco if you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition go to michaelkjaco.com unleashingintuition.com where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality you know, kind of like Alpha, I, I ended up in a lot of the investigation side and, you know, some of the, the high-speed side and in uh, law enforcement. And, you know, when you started to apply the, your, your training to the events that had happened, when things don't add up, they don't add up for a reason. So if you start doing it, uh, looking at it through deductive reasoning, things just were not adding up. Um, <clears throat> by that time, I had gotten involved in... Uh, by the time I realized that, I'd gotten involved in narco-terrorism and things of that nature. I was working uh, narcotics and violent crime. And uh, I started seeing things that just, they just didn't add up. You know, we started getting things across the uh, HIDA uh, emails regarding, hey, you know, we've got X, Y, and Z people that are in the United States and we've lost track of them. And these are people that you know, have been brought over that really shouldn't even be here. And, you know, when you start seeing things like that, you know, I I was in law enforcement enough, long enough to learn <laughs> some of this stuff is not by accident. You know, sometimes you're told to look over here because they don't want you to see what's happening over on the other side. And I started talking to different people because, you know, in the South, you don't, you don't question two things. You don't question, you don't question God. You don't, you don't question Uncle Sam. You just, you don't do. And, but, you know, we started having some rumblings, you know, as a cop, you know, we don't make a whole lot of money. So we do our extra jobs and we'd be stand, standing out, you know, working these extra jobs. And one of the guys that uh, worked at a large city by me was out there working. He had just gotten back from uh, Afghanistan and I'm not exactly sure what he did over there, but <clears throat> what I do know is this is he was on a listening post and the post that he had uh, at the time, they were listening to something to do with Kuwait. And he said, man, you know, if you think 9-11 had to do with X, Y, and Z, he said, you better think again. He said, the reason we went into Kuwait to save them and why Saddam, you know, invaded was because they were side drilling in there to, to, to pull his oil out of Iraq. He said, this is nothing more than a ploy. And, when that dialogue started opening up more and we started sharing more based off of our, our knowledge base and our training, it was just like this huge light went on and I'm like, okay, I'm not alone. I can put away the tinfoil and, and okay, let's, let's have an open conversation about this. I was lucky enough to work with several guys who had retired recently from, from NYPD and several of them worked a pile. They still have to go back their night for their nine 11 checkups every year. Um, <clears throat> And talking to them and hearing their side of the story, you know, again, one of the guys that I was talking to last night, his sergeant was actually inside the World Trade Center when it started to collapse. And he heard the bang, 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 you know, so that makes you question everything. 
and then having worked in the uh, taking part uh, labs, uh, we had to deal with different chemicals. And one of the things I found is there are certain things that they could have put within paint or different things like that, uh, that burn at such a high level that it could cause uh, issues with the structural integrity. You know, um, people have no idea and have, don't have the knowledge. And that's one of the things that are, are these, these people depend on is we lack the knowledge and the ability to put things together, you know, like lithium. You, you, you mix lithium with water and it's going to burn at 1500 degrees Fahrenheit almost instantly until it burns out. You're not putting it out. And um, so when I started applying the training to what was happening, it, it, it didn't add up. And when it doesn't add up, there's a reason. So when I really started digging into that, I learned in law enforcement, you follow the money. You follow the money trail and you look for the cells that are there. Then you find the connections between the cells. And boy, when I started doing that, um, I became a hot potato in law enforcement and I was moved around quite a bit uh, after that. But that's fine because it got to me, got me to where I'm at today in my, you know, the blind, the blinders are off and, you know, it's time that, you know, some of these, these people are, are, are held accountable. I don't think our entire government's bad. I don't think all law enforcement's bad. I believe we have bad actors that are in key positions and their choke points that are able to control the narrative. And I think uh, after uh, Trump was put into office, things were starting to come out that they didn't want out. Their plan was dismantled in some ways. And when they had to steal the election, all of a sudden, they've got to put it in high gear to make up for what was dismantled and then get them back on track. And that was what really pulled the curtain back, I think, for the American public to see. Outstanding, Sean. And I, I know you're still involved in a lot of uh, investigative work, and we, we do uh, programs a lot. So uh, I look forward to our next show because a lot of the follow the money that he's talking about, that's how we find out because this is not just here in America. It's around the world, these criminal organizations, and that's why they do the things that they do. Derek, what's your insights on, uh, you know, post 9-11? Well, um, so I finished off there. I was at college, a young guy, and, you know, like he's talking about the South. There's one thing you just don't question. That's God. And in Uncle Sam, you're willing to die for both. And, uh, so, you know, I, I didn't initially, I went to Cobb you know, as things kind of settled in, cause the American people just did that. The American, everybody fell right in. Like Alpha said, you know, it's like you, they played on your emotions. They played on your psychology and everybody just kind of just twisted it right onto that narrative, uh, because people aren't researching already. They're not thinking like my grandpa was already thinking outside the box or had that experience that you said, Jacko, that you have all these architects and you have all these demolition experts and no one wants to listen to the experts right everybody wants to listen to their emotions and and i've had many preachers in my my experience that i have around me as this is all opened up for me and i'm in a new world of the attackers out there and they want to attack your character but my preachers always say hey if you if you act on emotions all the time you would never be stable you never be calm and you, you just can't act on feelings you have to sit back kind of like my dad does so i learned a lot through that and I went on to college, uh, moved to Nashville, got into country music, but I always had this, you know, I was always sitting there trying to dig into stuff to myself. Cause I'm like, you know, the American people, they're, 
I mean, majority, and, and I guess rightfully so because of the way we were trained and indoctrinated, uh, we move on pretty quick. Everybody moved on very quickly. It was just like if it don't happen to you again, then, you know, you just forget about it. And it's like, no, like there's, there's, you can't do that. This is going to amp up. It's getting worse. And then people saw it get worse with the recession. Uh, people saw it get worse uh, just with our society, how we talk to each other, how we treat each other. Um, and so, you know, I joined and uh, joined the army in 2012 and I'll never forget the, uh, I remember one of the first drill sergeants, we were sitting ready, right, waiting to go in the gas chamber, nonetheless. And, uh, the drill sergeant was talking about, you know, nine 11 being rigged. And he was just, he wasn't saying it from a standpoint of, he was just, he was just real logical with his thinking. And he wasn't, it was at the time that, you know, drill sergeant's not yelling or cussing at you. And he's just sitting there giving you straight up facts. And of course he let, he let people in a little, uh, he, it was only him. Everybody else was uh, getting the gas chambers ready and everything. And so he let people ask questions to him and it kind of got me thinking. And I started researching a lot more uh, when everybody else was wanting to play pool in the, in the, uh, our game room and watch TV, watch sports. I go into the computer lab and I started digging and I Googled everything that you could possibly Google and just, you know, I started researching and then, uh, it was, I think what really did it for me between my grandpa and my dad, um, and then the military, uh, was the fact that, uh, everybody forgets on September the 10th, 2001, Donald Rumsfeld comes out on TV to the public and says that $2.3 trillion is missing from the Pentagon. Um, where did that get lost? How did people forget that? Uh, so, you know, that's what kind of really just drove it home for me to go, oh yeah. Uh, and then planes hit and then as you said you know it's like okay uh i remember watching the news feed and i found it thank god i found it and i put it in those documents i wrote uh the reporter that's standing there and he's like looking back and he was like well i'm pretty close to the site let's say susan whatever her name is and i i've just he said i'm not an expert but i just i don't see any plane debris at all he was fired the next day and that never aired again um so it's like you know like it it just tied in everything that, you know, that y'all been knowing a lot longer than I had. Um, and so, you know, it's like, but all it takes is just opening your mind, stepping outside of your, your culture boundaries or wherever you grew up, kind of like me, if I can do it from the deep South. And a lot of you, like I said, we grew up in the South and I'm a younger guy. I tell people all the time, if I can step outside of those boundaries and look at the facts, I mean, these are experts who spent their whole life like you, Jaco, and then, and then Sean and, and law enforcement, Scott, uh, Patrick, all of you, I mean, you, you spend your life in your expertise and here's people that don't even want to listen to you in your expertise, what you chose to do for life. It's like, it's the biggest insult ever. And it's like, it's not like we're trying to spend some narrative to get rich off people. It's like, we have a heart it's like alpha. You know, I remember when I joined, even though it was 11 years removed, I still had that thought in my mind. At that time, I didn't know anything about 9-11. I still joined knowing that I was going to be joining that cause. And, uh, you know, it's like we don't get paid great in the military. People, I mean, we do benefits, but, hey, you put your body on the line, you put your life on the line to get those benefits, and you may never get those benefits. Or, as you said, you know, you got buddies, Patrick, that and different people. We talk about losing their legs, and it's like, we, you know, it's you may live with these uh things that you have the rest of your life for those benefits. 
So for people who think that, that, you know, a bunch of veterans were a bunch of, you know, washed up or were, uh, we got, we got psychological problems ourselves, uh, you know, and that's, that defines us in a different kind of way versus having facts and having those issues. And we, we sound angry because we know those facts. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's that disconnect between civilians and the veteran uh, crew and people who worked in law enforcement is that they just don't see it every day. Therefore, if it don't impact them every day, then they can't believe it. And that's we've got to bridge that disconnect. Excellent, Derek. Very, very good points. Yeah. Lo love your commentary these days. Very good. Scott, you're like a, a walking computer on this and you have been all over. Uh, the Middle East, like, like I have, and some of the, some of the other people here, uh, it's, but your insights, because you're actually in conferences and, and all, you're, you're on talk shows around the world still to this day, uh, you have excellent insights. Share with us, uh, some more stuff that, uh, you've seen since, uh, 9-11. Well, gentlemen, again, it's so inspiring to be in your presence because it, it, it's healing and it reconfirms that the greatest Americans are the veterans and the greatest Americans that have the most stake in the country and are owners of the country above all others are veterans. And <laughs> the, the hope and the heroism that comes out is we will never surrender this country. We will never allow it to decay into a police state, and we will never again be fooled or have our emotions or heritage manipulated and weaponized into a psyop against us. That's why COVID-19 had no effect on me and I know many others who said, oh, no, no, we've seen this clown show before. We're not going down that road. So pack up, Peggy Newsom, and the rest of you Democrat pieces of garbage governors. Your days are coming to an end. And we will launch the clarion call. We don't ask permission. We say, like the drill sergeant, be advised. This is happening, and this is what is going to be stopped, and this is how we're going to do it. You know, lead, follow, or get out of the way. So we, I have no fear. We are moving forward, and this country is not going to be great again. This country is going to be the best it has ever been. I said that to a group of Vietnamese last night. I'll tell you the karaoke and a little Saigon was, <laughs> but <laughs> the uh, I put up on the little chat there on my website shellgamewhistleblower.com. I've got a few books up there. One of which is the 9/11 Truth. I did this with Robert David Steele and Barbara Honiger and Jim Fetzer and a whole bunch of guys. I'll send it to you for free if you email me. I'll send you the PDF. This goes into all the different experts, the architects, the engineers, everybody that looked at 9/11. Very good book. We sent it to President Trump. I sent it a memo in December uh, uh, 2017. Trump himself knew that the buildings had been wired for explosions. He commented on that. Um, I was a little suspicious, I have to say, when I saw Giuliani and uh, Commissioner, uh, whatever his name is, I can't remember the time, the, the, uh, those guys in Trump's analytical team, I was just, man, wait a minute. These guys, I've seen some really sketchy stuff about this because they're tied in, you know, on 9-11 at the time. So, you know, there's there's a lot of the things that we're still piecing together about people. The other book, of course, was Shell Game. This is when I was a contractor at Booz Allen Hamilton. Ed Snowden was a, co a, a colleague of mine in the Hawaii office. I was at State Department, SOCOM, uh, CENTCOM, uh, JMISC, uh, Bergie was at JMISC too. I was State Ooh. Department Counterterrorism under Ambassador Del Daly. And I saw in Shell Game, and nothing's classified, but I had a TSSEI, uh, 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 TSSEI clearance. 
I saw all of the Swiss banks, Union Bank of Switzerland, that were being used to bring in money that was being funneled into dark operations. And at uh, Dubs that time, had transferred out of the Pentagon and become my boss at Booz Allen Hamilton. And uh, a very shady character. Of course, we see his tie-in to the five dancing Israelis that were uh, stopped and photographed and arrested and held and then released by Shertoff. And of course, Shertoff later became a partner at uh, Covington and Burling, a law firm that also employed Eric Holder and Lenny Brewer and that tried to misrepresent General Michael Flynn until we exposed that and got him off. Uh, there's a lot of deep players in the background of a lot of this stuff, but ultimately the evidence and the and the testimony all comes down to this was this was orchestrated. The physical facts prove that. The emotional uh, the emotional facts that followed uh, led off into this taking down of Afghanistan, then Iraq, and then Libya, and then Syria, with ambitions against Lebanon and then uh, Iran. And I think that's all been stopped, but. We have to allow ourselves the space to get that anger out. And, and not it's not uncontrollable anger. It's just like, wait a minute. Now we're going to come to accountability and, uh, and uh, punishment for illegally due process, of course. But due process can lead to firing squads in some cases, and I hope they do. But uh, we're, we're, we're now forming the final opinion of, of the last 22 years of the greatest crime against humanity we've ever seen that was used to, you know, open up the American empire, right? And go forth and conquer it. And uh, you're right, Mike, I was in Iran. I've been on their television. I mean, to imagine an American Christian man anointed by God, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I go to Iran and I speak on live Iranian TV, not about PSSCI stuff or anything like that. I keep my own series but to build bridges and do influence operations into the hearts and minds of, of the Iranians and to try and correct a lot of the materials. And they knew all about 9-11, by the way. Their, their intel people were very smart. And I had some interesting conversations. I should say I listened to some interesting conversations. Oh, but I was cool. and Mike Maloof and a whole bunch of other guys, CIA guys that were there too. But the, the world woke up to a lot of this stuff. And I think in closing, we have to go, okay, where are we now? Where are we going now? What is America happening now? Well, in a nutshell, we've seen this weaponized into patterns of control. The patterns of control have been applied to COVID-19. The COVID-19 was applied to a vaccine that's killing everybody that gets it. It was used to overthrow President Trump. Pat and I were back in Washington working the analytics and saw a lot of this stuff. We saw the centralized senior executive service, along with people like AFL-CIO and others coordinating the overthrow of Trump. Uh, it, it seems to have happened. I've, I've heard Derek's uh, presentation on some of this material. I have no, no fear it's all going to be corrected, you know, eventually and that time's coming. But we've also seen major traumas in Europe. I think Europe is about to collapse. I think Ukraine's biochemical labs, labs that were, that were in development from 2008 to 2019, were directly connected to this COVID thing uh, in Wuhan because I saw the kick chain of custody of the materials and I was on Russian documentaries talking a lot, a lot about this called Death Factories. So we're, we're seeing a lot of the fruits of the American empire that was cast out with a combination of, you know, Mossad, CIA and Cheney and Bush and all the rest of these people. They launched this and now it's coming back to affect us. The next question is, what is going to happen to the United States and where are we as veterans in, in this position. Well, as far as I'm concerned, veterans are at the top of the food chain. 
veterans are the, the strongest presence in your counties. And that's really all that matters. I can't influence what goes on in Michael Jacobs County in Florida. I'm in California, but I have full confidence whatever happens in Florida with Michael Jacobs is going to be solid, secure, and he's not going to take prisoners, and no, nor is he going to be intimidated. And I think the same thing applies to all of you and all the veterans that have been woken to this, that, that have, have got this firmly. So let it, let me close by saying, let us never be intimidated. Let us never be influenced. Let us never be bullied into any uh, submissive or accepting uh, 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 psyop. Let us always stand on the Constitution and our rights and our heritage of Americans to make sure that we move our country in the direction where we are never again going to be putting up with this uh, sort of an, an attack or, or uh, submitting our rights. I'd say I think the time is right, Mike, where they're going to do another 9-11. Yes. Either they're going to assassinate Biden, assassinate Kamala Harris, move in Nancy Pelosi, and then the Wicked Witch is going to apply her Gavin Newsom, faggoty governor as the vice president, then remove Nancy and, and uh, uh, Gavin Newsom slips into the presidency. That's a scenario. I've always said they may Manchurian candidate Biden uh, or do the Sharapova nuclear event, maybe in America too, or pick something else. They are going to do another 9-11 attack because the Democrats know they have no chance for a free and fair election. They will be uh, uh, annihilated uh, in the course of the investigations that would be followed up by Jim Jordan and Gates and the rest of it. So I think we are going to witness the Democrats go stark raving mad, and they are going to trigger some event to try and justify a suspension of the election, martial law, insurrection act, who knows what. That's where we have to be prepared to go, nope, we're taking control. We're not going to allow this country to go down to hell's half acre, like where the Democrats, schizophrenic mad dogs want to take us. Outstanding, Scott. That's good. Patrick, what, what do you got? From 9-11 after, what are, what are your views? What are your insights? Well, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm too dumb to be given any advice on engineering. Uh, but I'm smart enough to understand that a lot of people profited from this, right? So whether it was a false flag or whether it was something that, uh, whether it was an incident that people just took advantage of, it's pretty clear to see that the military industrial complex benefited, benefited hugely from this. Uh, as Derek mentioned, you know, uh, Rumsfeld came out the day before talking about a million, a couple trillion dollars missing. I get that, right? But so many people have just turned what happened regardless of of how it happened they've turned it into just a way to 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 steal um you've got and and look at the people like rudy giuliani right he was america's mayor he uh you know stood up so strong after this but then what did he do he, he started up a cybersecurity company i've met the, with the man i've sat there and he doesn't he can't even power up his own uh, 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 MacBook, right? Let alone run a cybersecurity company, right? Uh, it, it, these people just turned it into way into a way to to profit from it, and the psychological warfare components of it are all, uh, uh you know, the 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 they 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 turned around and weaponized our own data in the name of defending us, in the name of protecting us from allowing this to happen again um snowden brought that out i'm not a fan of snowden don't get me wrong i was an information assurance security officer for a decade i don't agree with what he did 
but it showed us what he did do is showed us that they've taken the people that we elected, the people that we trusted on both the left and the right. Because when I think of, uh, when I think of people profiting from the military industrial complex, I don't just see Democrats. In fact, I, you know, I see, I see the military industrial complex. I see Democrats and Republicans, right? So we have to, um, although we can't ever change what happened, we need to just wake up, uh, and, and, and take back these things that they have not only taken from us, that, that, but that, that they're continuing to weaponize against us. We're helping to pay through taxpayer expenses for the things that I, I, I tried to help expose in Shadowgate, for example, the Mockingbird Media. But they take these things. Uh, they have privatized them commercially, and they sell your data, and they use your data to manipulate elections. And they use your data to manipulate uh, lobbying and, and everything, right? Uh, so we just we need to we need to come together, um, uh, acknowledge this, and and really focus on that. Bring Americans back together, get back the freedoms uh, that we had that were literally taken away by that act on nine eleven in the name of protecting us. Outstanding. Yeah. So what, what we'll do, what we'll do now, we'll wrap it up, uh, do like a, about a, about a minute, minute and a half or so. And, uh, so my, my views on, you know, why we need to do this is because if we don't pay attention to the past, we're going to repeat it and even more. So if you look at JFK, basically he was, he was going to break away from their system. They assassinated. If you look at nine 11, it was basically a breakaway from their system. And we were getting ready to do that. So they basically did 9-11 and they stole a lot of gold that was in one of those towers that was going to be used for a new system. So JFK was going to start a new system, assassinated him. Uh, and we, we've seen this through figures all over the world. Saddam Hussein, all these people were trying to break away from the system. They, they basically went and destroyed that country and then killed him. So we, we've seen planes crash. We've seen, we've seen buildings drop in their footprint and we've seen basically the the pandemic the pandemic was another response to trump basically he was going to bring in the new system and so they had to stop it out and this is what they did on uh you know with the pandemic so at what point does it stop it stops when enough people wake up and say that's enough of that uh and it, and it doesn't stop until then uh so we have to like wake up we're waking people up uh, you guys, all of you guys are absolutely amazing in your presentations, uh, what you, what you revealed, uh, your integrity is incredibly high. You're risking your lives because a lot of people that come out and talk about a lot of this stuff get suicided, uh, get killed, all kind of different crazy stuff. So I, I, my hat's off to you guys, you know, thanks for all, all that you do, your service and everything. Alpha. Yeah, we always talk about, you know, this is 5D chess and it's chess and it's chess and it's chess. Well, you know what? We're all the pawns. And if all the pawns refuse to move and fight each other, the other pieces can't accomplish what they want. You know, this, this is our chess board. You know, it doesn't belong to anybody else. There's enough information out there that's in circulation that people just have to look for it. You know, pe the American people, you know, as a collective, we've become very lazy and just relied on the patriotism of others. And that has to change because if it doesn't, we're going to lose this country. 
you know, for all, all the patriots and veterans that are out there, you, you took an oath, one, that's indefinite, it'll never end. But on top of that, when you took that oath, you were, you were willing to give your life for your country. You don't even have to do that now. All you have to do now is just work. You know, put information out there. If it costs you your job, then so be it. If it costs you a relationship, then so be it. The, the greater good is for our children that are coming up behind us. You know, this is our constitution works. People just need to read it, understand it, you know, and, and it starts with, you know, like what you put together uh, today, Mike, you know, if you don't believe anything, all people have to do is just go look up of news footage from 9-11 and you'll see a plane right before it hits the buildings, you know, it's left wing, go through a building and, and not the Twin Towers, go through another building. Uh, the last time I checked, that would have made it crash or, or something, you know, so then you got to ask yourself, well, how, you know, is it a hologram? Is it Project Blue Beam? You know, start looking up these things. Ten years ago, trust me, I would have told everybody you need to go take your medication, you know, and, and you just got to, as silly as it is, programming, television, tell a lie, like you just got to pay attention and cognitive dissonance, you know, mass psychosis, it's real. And if you want to know what's going on, you got to take the first step. That's to the people that are listening Go do your research. And then once you learn it, you discern it, you verify it, share it. Because the only way you beat an information war or propaganda is with mass information to counter it. With that, it's been awesome to be with you guys today. And uh, tell us, Alpha, some of the things. How can people reach you? I, I put some of your links in. All of you guys have been putting your links in the, uh, the chat. I'll put them in. This will go on Rumble so we can all share and I'll give you the video as well. But uh how can people reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at the alpha warrior show.tv or on rumble, the alpha warrior. I am still in Twitter fighting. They took down my big account, but I'm there as alpha warrior Inc. INC this past Tuesday. I went to court for those that don't know, want to know my story. You can go to givesengo.com slash defend Patriot Luna. Uh, I'm a J sixer that wasn't even at the Capitol. I was here in California. And on Tuesday, the government said, Hey, Take a plea, we'll be soft on you, we'll have mercy and give you a misdemeanor. And I told them to go shove it up their ass. We're going to go to jury trial, even if it costs me my freedom, because the lies, the atrocities, all the things that they've been doing are going to be exposed. Outstanding. Thanks, brother. Sean, tell us a little, tell us, a, let's wrap it up and give us a little insight on uh, how people can reach you if they want. Uh, well, people can reach me at uh, FTG Solutions at gmail.com ftg f those guys because we've got to start holding these guys accountable um the fact is is i think uh you know after talking to some people people have some great information but it's uh, they are afraid to share the information one because of the repercussions that may come or two it's their information and they want to hold on to it and they don't want somebody else to use it well the simple fact is that they need to get over that mindset and we need to put out as much information as we can, and we have to educate the public. It's like Luna said, this is an information war, and this is information warfare. And he who has the most information wins, because the information is what controls the ball game. And um, if we can start cutting off some of their supplies of money, then what happens is they can't pay these judges, they can't pay the senators, they can't pay the, the DAs that are corrupt and all of that. And when we start hitting them in the pocketbook, then they cannot maintain uh, superiority. 
So we have to get that, you know, we have to do it through the information and we've got to cut off that money chain for them and, and take control. And we've got to get the higher ground because unless we get to that higher ground, we are not going to be able to, to, uh, to take, you know, take this country back. And we've got to be willing to give all because I call it the macaroni and cheese factor until people see their children digging through a, a, a trash can behind McDonald's to, to be able to, to eat and survive. They're not going to do anything as long as they have their macaroni and cheese at their house and the government's giving them with the lights and all of that. Until we lose that macaroni and cheese factor and these people realize they're going to watch their kids starve, they're going to watch very bad things happen. Until we can get past that and start sharing the information, educating the public and holding these people accountable, we're not going to get anywhere. So share the information, yell it from the mountaintops, believe in God, he is great, and he will show the way. It's the only reason I've stayed in this, this particular case for 13 years. I've literally burned this case file at least a dozen times, and he said, you're not done. And he puts it right back in my lap and brings me new information. I'm to the point now where I know I can't give up. He's put me as well as all of you and thousands more out here to go forward and fight the evil. And that's where I stand on all of it. Wow. That's, that's great words. Great words, Sean. And I know you're, uh, you're involved in, uh, you know, exposing uh, the works of these, these evil people uh, right now. So I appreciate your, your ongoing, uh, you know, work, Derek, how can people yeah, reach yeah. you last, last, last few words? Yeah. So Derek Johnson country.com pretty much brings up like my people, things like that. And then, um, rumble and telegram are at rattle trap, uh, 1776 rattle trap, 1776, all in one, no spaces, nothing. Uh, True Social was the only thing I finally got my name at. I never had to put a space or anything. So at Derek Johnson. Uh, so I'm proud of that one. Uh, that's the first time I haven't had to do a number or underscore or anything like that. So uh, and then Facebook, I'm still dropping bombs on Zuckerberg. Uh, so it's 1776 Nation. Um, and I'm getting a lot of shares over there and they're winning. They've been being blocked and they d disagree with the decision and, and they facebook we got it screenshot we admit we're wrong and they put my stuff back up so wow. that's really cool uh, so a lot of tables are turning and people are finding out the power of your voice and the power of standing up as we talk about and of course you know my documents that i wrote they're still they're free out there it's uh the documents.info and and you know and i just i just wanted to put a groundwork down for the common person to understand law and order and what president trump and them put in place is that we do have a an operation going on and they set this up for you the people out there to stand up all right if i can do it you can do it and if all of us can do it you can do it but we can't we cannot uh, defeat this without you so president trump kept saying the best is yet to come he kept saying we have it all we called them all the crimes and evidence will be displayed to the public now you know my biggest question to people from people is well, why would it look like this if president trump was still in charge legally it's because, once again, like we've said this whole show, is to get you to use your brain, use your, your cognitive dissonance, as we talk about, use everything, the tools that God gave you. God gave you a natural ability to use your brain. Einstein was a sixth grade education. 
my grandfather was a sixth grade educate education. So it's like I have my master's degree, but if I don't put it to work, it's just a piece of paper. It don't mean anything. Um, so it's like you got to apply this stuff. And, you know, I tell people all the time they set the groundwork up for us to take this over and veterans will be the first in line per se, because we are, it's like, I saw a veterans uh, tweet last year. It's like, Hey, civilians, you better get your, you know what together, because if they pull us in, we're going to get this over in a half a day. Now you're not going to like some of the stuff you see. And if we have to kick in your door for being a troll, then, you know, and it, some people don't understand that. Uh, but you know, it's like, if, if people would resonate with what we're saying, and, and like you said, the alpha, the facts are there. Uh, every, all of us said it. The facts are there. My my documents put every link known to man. You only have to Google. You, they got. I've got every link known to man. The dot gov, uh, the DOD. Uh, all you gotta do is just go to them. There's no cost. But we can't make you read. We ask you to read, but we can't make you read. And that's where we are in this nation. As Alpha said, it's like we we have a short tension span. People become lazy, and that's not us attacking you. That's what's rallying you, trying to light a fire under your rear end and say, all right, you want to be a patriot? Well, like Scott said, leave, follow, or get out of the way. You know, so it's like you either hop on board or we're going we're gonna to show you how it's done. Outstanding. Wow, you guys are good. Love this. Scott, I've been posting your, your great uh, uh, comments over here in the chat, in the, uh, the chat over here that we're, we're live streaming in. Truth is the strongest psychological warfare weapon. So I want to thank you guys because uh, I've had the biggest numbers I've ever had in my uh, my uh, my line, my own personal uh, line over here. So uh, uh, this this is great. So we can talk openly, uh, but not on regular social media. So in this we can, and like I said, fortunately we can still do this in Rumble. So this will go on Rumble, and it's gonna. I I promise you guys, this is gonna get a lot of views. Scott, tell us about how people can reach you in your last words at shellgatewhistleblower.com I've got my contact books up there and all that good jazz email me on there um, this is a time to build your team go to your churches nobody has a right to stick their head in the sand anymore this is coming to a climax so go to your churches and say I'm looking for a few good men where are you I don't need 3 million give me 300 Gideon's army conduct yourself like that Mike you'll know this guy's name remember the old movie Apocalypse Now Robert Duvall's character the colonel Charlie, don't serve. We need to have that kind of thunderclap in our personality. Everyone else is going to be scared and terrified, not us. We're not scared. We go to the sound of the gun. We we thrust our chest out. To the absence of bodies, to be present with the Lord. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And this is a time to be bold and to be courageous and uh, to go forth. Be prepared. They're going to do other false flag attacks. They're going to try and traumatize and scare. Russia's not our enemy. Uh, the FBI is. Iran's not our enemy. They're a passive people. I've been there. I know them. So we we need to clean our own house. The other the other countries are going to leave us alone. Europe is going to go through its own traumas, but they're going to expose all those people. But what we've seen happen to Trump and the FBI and they're doing and these bad actors, we're veterans. We're not backed down by anybody and i'm so happy alpha you're standing up going no i'm going to court i'm going to talk i'm going to sing it all i'm bringing it all into the evidence i'm representing myself as co-counsel 
Uh, boy, they should fall backwards like stone statues looking at Medusa when they see Alpha come forward. So <laughs> let's all conduct ourselves in that boldness and that praying, pray without ceasing and build our teams and build them in the Vietnamese community, the Chinese community, the Sikh community, the Hindu community. They may worship the purple elephant, but they also have traditional family values. So let's build our team and let's be the leaders God made us to be. Nobody has the, the strength, the character, and the experience of the wisdom that veterans do. Now's the time to not ask permission, but to stand up and say, this is where we're going. And if you get in our way, you're going to be barren. You come follow us, you will prosper unlike any other time. Thanks, Mike, for putting this on. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Thanks a lot, Scott. That's powerful. Patrick, how can people reach you and your last uh, last thoughts on uh, 9-11? Well, uh, I just wanted to thank you again for allowing me to come on. Uh, you can follow what I'm doing at freedomstream.tv. Uh, and, um, you can find, uh, I've written three books. First one came out in 2017, victim of the swamp. Uh, and, uh, they basically tell what's already, you know, what's happening now with the conversation about the social media, psychological warfare and such that's going on right now. You can also help out at patreon.com, uh, slash American awakening. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I'm, I, this stuff terrifies me, right? Coming out and speaking like this, I've been doing it for a bit, but it never gets easier, right? Because you're always going to be judged on things that other people, uh, you know, are going to question. Um, but yet we have to do it. You know, you can't clear a room if you don't kick in the door and somebody's got to do it. Now, I'm, I'm, it, it does me good to see like, uh, you know, younger generation like Derek, uh, that is, standing up uh, that that stood up that that uh that enlisted and made these personal sacrifices alpha warrior he's like he was arrested for freaking tweeting he wasn't he was like six thousand miles away from uh january 6th yet he's his life everything that he owned everything the expenses it's being destroyed because he was expressing his first amendment right you know and i get it uh i get it these are private companies they can do what they want but they're they they can't when they're being uh coordinated and forced to do these things by our government i'm trying to through as a whistleblower through things i filed in the courts from my personal experience i'm trying to help fix this we need to take back control of uh of the social media networks and our elected officials who are like i said earlier using these things against us and so um i just wanted to say again thank you very much for everyone for standing up today for coming out and speaking uh and for mike jaco for allowing us uh, allowing all of us this voice thank you very much all right yeah thank you guys thanks thanks you know, for coming in on a, you know, an important day, we came in right on the time when that first, uh, you know, plane hit, uh, and thanks to my wife, Tracy Joe for lining you guys up. And <laughs> so it's a, it's a work, uh, that we're all involved in. I know all of you guys uh, have been involved in uh, great teams. It's a great team of, uh, warriors that are, that's out here spreading truth. So thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, and thanks to everyone that joined us, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Appreciate it, guys. Oh, oh, oh.
Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality.